So, welcome to River Life's longest-running sermon series. I started talking about membership a year and a half ago, one week before lockdown. So that happened, and it was Friday afternoon, and so we scrapped this series and started talking about life and COVID. Well, a year and a half later, I am finally back to talking about membership. And so the reason we're doing this is because as part of our growth as an Alliance Church, we're going to be introducing membership this fall. And you're going to see a lot more details next month, membership forms, things like that. But for now, I just want to spend a few weeks. We're going to spend six weeks here, and I want to just talk about the deeper underpinnings of what does it look like to be a member of a church? And more importantly, what does it look to be like to be a member of this church? And so we've probably all had different experiences with membership, some positive, some negative. And I could grab a mic, we could pass a mic around the room and hear all kinds of stories, firsthand, secondhand, joyful and tearful. And so rather than doing that, because I'd like to get home eventually sometime today, I thought I'd ask Pastor Kong here to share a little bit about his experience with membership. So like I've mentioned before, I grew up in the Hmong church, and membership was something that happened occasionally you know, every year or every other year or every four years where you'd have to fill a paper to say that you were a member at a particular church. And it was a big deal. For some, it was like, okay, this is what we normally do. For some, it's like, you know, like, I don't, you know, this is a big deal for us. And in that big deal of signing these papers, there were some people who would who would show up once in a while. There were some people who showed up every week. There were some people who showed up maybe, you know, once a year. And so they made it a point to show up on membership day because in the, in the Hmong churches, if you weren't a member of the church or if, or if your name was taken off the membership, it would be a big deal. You see, in the essence of church membership lied this value of being seen and being cared for. And so when Hmong people became Christians, in a sense, they kind of left their family and when pinnacle moments in life like weddings and funerals came or just any celebrations in general, there, there needed to be help around the community. And so people desired to have that help, but if they were no longer members of their family and they were members of the church, or if they were no longer members of the church, where would they receive that help? And so I remember it would shake some, it would ruffle some feathers in the church when membership came. And so there was always a big deal of who's in and who's out. Because if you were not in, you were in some trouble if you needed it. It felt kind of like a necessary evil, like insurance. You pay for it, and you don't really use it. But when you don't, when you don't pay for it and you need it, you're in trouble. In a lot of ways, it felt kind of like that. And as I grew in my faith, there was a realization of, well, when we believe in Jesus, God cares for us, and God sees us. And the church, the body of Christ, we bear one another's burdens. We should care for each other. We should see each other. And so part of me got think, was thinking to myself, there's got to be more than membership besides helping each other out during funerals and weddings. There's got to be more than this. So I'm looking forward to see what Pastor Greg has to say for us as we dive into what membership is. So I'm going to give it back to Pastor Greg. So is there more to membership than having your needs cared for by the church? I think so. And I think we need to rethink membership. We need a new model of membership. 
And so that's what we're going to try to do here at River Life. And the truth is, we're not going to get everything right. In fact, it'll probably take us a couple years to figure out really what membership will look like. We're going to start with something now, and some things are going to be great, and some things we're going to need to tweak. But I'm hopeful. You see, I am hopeful that together we can develop a culture of membership that will accomplish three things. First is help you grow in your faith by providing clear next steps of development. Two is that we honor everybody, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. And three is that, that, we, that it provides a unifying system of what it looks like to join the mission of God and the mission of River Life. So that's my hope, and that's a pretty tall order. So that's why I think it'll take a little bit for us to get this all figured out and working really well. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about membership in terms of five big biblical themes where it talks about the family of God, and that's membership as discipleship, as unity, as family, as mission, and as commitment. And now, as I mentioned, later in October, then, we're going to have membership forms, membership class, mandatory River Life tattoos, you know, the normal stuff. Okay, I'm, I'm just kidding. We're not going to have a class. So, but no, all of that's going to happen next month. And you'll, you'll hear it. There'll be handouts. There'll be things. That you, you'll see it all. Um, and so, and part of this membership class and training is going to be these sermons. So if you happen to miss any of them, uh, watch us online, catch up on YouTube, on Facebook, so you can make sure that you are following along with all that we're talking about. So throughout this series, we're going to be telling you some, some key ideas, and we're calling these our membership mantras. These are the foundations of membership at River Life. These are like the structural structural pillars, and everything else is built around them. And you've really got to get these membership mantras right, because otherwise everything else just falls apart. And so today we're going to introduce two of them. And then each week we're going to introduce one, maybe a second one, and, and through this series. And you're going to hear them over and over and over again. Okay? So this week, the first one is this, membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. Membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. So my first experience with church membership was as an adult, because the, the church I became a Christian in, in didn't have membership. And then the church I attended at college, they didn't require the college students to, to have membership because they knew we would be coming and going. So as an adult with Pemphola, it was my first experience with membership. And so what we did was we attended a class, we signed a piece of paper, and that was it. I never heard about it again until at least the next year when I had to sign the paper again. But signing that paper meant that the church would pray at my parties, uh, help with my funeral. Thankfully, I did not have to take advantage of that. Uh, and and they, would, they would marry my son or daughter. Sadly, I didn't have to take advantage of that. And, so, and, that's, and that was the deal. I signed the paper. They provide services. See, that's club membership. 
you belong to an organization. And as long as I signed the paper, I received the benefits. I could vote. They would pray for me, help me out with these big life events. But I simply belonged to an organization. It had no connection at all to my spiritual growth and virtually no connection to Sunday morning experiences. And see, that's not how the Bible talks about belonging to the church family, the family of God. That is not how the Bible talks about it. See, belonging to a church body should be deeply integrated with your spiritual growth, not just with your faith, but with your growth. See, it should help you along your spiritual journey not just define who's in and who's out. So the author of Hebrews knew this, and he directly connected church involvement with spiritual growth. Listen to how he put it. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Great passage in Hebrews. Sounds awesome. Everyone likes this. Love, good deeds, generally seen as very good things. Fundamental to the Christian faith? Awesome. Let's get some love and good deeds. How do we do that, though? <laughs> well, the author continues. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more as you know that the return of Christ is closer and closer. If you're a Christian, your life should be marked by more and more. More and more Christ-likeness. More and more loving your neighbors. More and more serving others. And now how can we have a more and more faith versus a meh, good enough faith? We don't give up meeting together. Because when we do that, we get the encouragement from other believers. Encouragement that you cannot get by yourself. Encouragement you cannot get online. But we get the, commu the community of believers here watching us, living with us, talking with us. And that's how we get encouraged. And I think one of the great tragedies of the church is that someone can attend for years, even decades, and basically be the same person and not change. That is just sad. And stay home and sleep, man, if that's, if that's all it is for years and decades. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be the church of people who just come each week and don't really change or be transformed. See, that's not how we're going to roll around here. Membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. See, membership is a path, not a status. Membership is a journey of many steps, not just one. And membership, signing up and taking a class, that's just the beginning of membership, not the end of it. 
So how can you tell if you see membership as belonging to a club or an organization? How can you tell if that's wired into you somewhere? Well, here are some questions for you to kind of reflect and ask yourself and see if anything triggers some answers in you. Here it is. How much have you grown in your faith since you joined River Life? Now, from the little poll that we did, the poll up on the wall of how long have you been attending, we did that last week, that we found that the average age, at least of the, person, the people who were here last week, was or that they'd been a part of River Life for four years. That's long enough to grow spiritually. Now, realistically, in looking at the data, what it means is that we have a whole lot of people who are here six and seven years, and a whole lot of people here who are here one or two years. But that still should be long enough to grow spiritually. So how much have you grown since being a part of River Life? Another question is, how comfortable are you just attending? How comfortable are you just attending? Do you slip in, slip out, slip in a little late, slip out quick? Or are you part of the life of this church? Is this more than a seat you sit in on Sunday morning? How about, do you ever find yourself, do you ever compare yourself to other people who might not attend as much, give as much, serve as much? Do you find yourself comparing? Or do you ever feel entitled? Entitled that your opinion should matter more or that pastor should listen to you because you give or you attend. Have those thoughts and feelings ever creeped up inside you? If you answered yes to any of these, that might mean that you, somewhere in your psyche and somewhere in your brain, there are some parts where you see church as belonging to a club. Remember, membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. And for some of you, you're going to have to unwire some things you've lived and heard over the past years. And for some of you, this is a brand new thing. Awesome. So that's one membership mantra. But there's another one we're going to talk about today. There's another one, and that's this. We don't exist for ourselves. We don't exist for ourselves. See, I've got really bad news for you. River life does not exist to make you happy, to meet your needs, or to satisfy your desires. That's not why we're here. See, if it were, we would become ingrown, even inbred. We would become a church full of self-absorbed people. And my bet is some of you have been a part of a church like that, an inward-looking church. And my guess is it wasn't a great experience. So that's going to be something I'm going to push hard on around here. I'm going to push against that because that's not who I want River Life to be. And it's definitely not who God wants River Life to be. So if we don't exist for ourselves... Who do we exist for? Who do we exist for? Now, the first answer might surprise you. First, the church exists for God. See, now you're probably thinking other people. That's number two. 
First and foremost, the church exists for God, for the sheer glory of God. Listen to this verse out of Ephesians chapter 1. He destined us for, for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. See, God created a family of adopted children, that's us, the church, for himself. He didn't do it for kingdom. He didn't do it for mission. That comes second. He did it for the sheer divine splendidness of it. And we can never forget that. God created the church according to the good pleasure of his will and to the praise of his glorious grace. In other words, for God, not us, and not other people. River life exists primarily for God's pleasure and his praise. So have you ever felt a little disappointed after singing worship here at church? And you feel and you sing, the, and you're like, man, I didn't get anything out of worship today. Well, good. Worship wasn't for you. Worship was for God. You are not the one who's supposed to get something out of worship. God is. And anything you get is a byproduct of giving praise and pleasure to God. We exist for God first, but that's not the end of the story. See, we can't stop there. The church also exists for others. The church also exists for others. Uh, in their book, Designed to Lead, a couple authors, uh, um, uh, Eric Geiger and Kevin Peck, they have this great quote. Here it is. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. Think about that for a second. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. And the surefire sign of an unhealthy church is when it's there for the benefit of its members. And we're not going to be that church. So I want to be a church that exists for the benefit of those outside us. And see, that's why, that's why we've helped out at funerals of people who have never attended River Life before. Why? Because they were desperate and they needed help. We stepped up. It's why I do weddings of, of couples that have never been a part of this church. Because oftentimes they've been turned away from other churches or other pastors. And they didn't have anywhere else to turn to. So I say yes. It's why we have an entire community, ministry, community engagement ministry that is focused on serving people outside our church. Because that's 
who the church is for. See, the Apostle Paul knew this idea was fundamental, not just to the life of the Christian, but to the life of the church. And so that's why he wrote these famous words in Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Now, yes, th that applies to an individual, but it really applies to a church. I feel like we should just interject the word church into that whole verse. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, church, or vain conceit, church. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, church. Not looking to your own interests, church, but each of you to the interests of others. See, God, God's word reminds us it's not about me. It's not about you. It is about them. See, Paul challenges us to think of others as more important than ourselves. And when you come to church, it's really easy to think of ourselves as more important than other people. But see, we have Jesus Christ as our model. And Jesus Christ did not come with selfish ambition. He came with selfless ambition to give his life unto death on a cross. So what does this mean for river life? Well, it means that we exist for the people outside these walls. We exist for the 60,000 second and third gen Hmong here in the Twin Cities. We exist for the fourth gen Hmong who aren't even born yet. And we exist, as our new mission statement says, we exist for those beyond our own circles of comfort and ethnicity and clan. See, we exist for people hurt by churches and by other Christians. We exist for the prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. We exist for the one sheep who is far away from God and the 99 other sheep in the flock are all looking out for that one sheep who is lost. That's why we exist. We exist for them. We don't exist for us. So how can you tell if you, if you see church as a place for you versus them? Here are some questions to get you thinking. When you come to church, who do you talk to? Do you talk with your friends? Or do you go, how often do you go and introduce yourself to somebody new? Someone you don't recognize or don't know. Where do you sit? Do you sit in the same spot with your friends, with the people you know? Have you ever gotten upset when you walk in and someone is sitting in the place you normally sit? You're thinking about that church is about you, not them. How about, do you ever pick and choose church? 
when you want to come, when you don't want to, when you, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, and it becomes kind of church buffet. Or have you ever complained because you didn't like something? Remember, church isn't about you. And I should give you a fair warning. If you ever come to me or you come to Pastor Kong and, and to complain about something because you don't like it, I will hear you out and I will honor your sharing, but you are not going to find much sympathy from me. In fact, you'll probably get a pretty chill response. Now, if you come up to me and say, you know, this thing we're doing, I don't think that's the best way to bring hope, healing, and growth to next gen Mong and beyond. Now, that's a conversation I'll have. But if you come up to me and simply say, you don't like something, so? <laughs> not to be callous, but let's face it. Church isn't about you. Church is about us, and it's about them. Remember, River Life Church does not exist for ourselves. So there you have it. Two membership mantras. Two core underpinnings of what membership is going to be at River Life. First, membership is about spiritual growth, not belonging to a club. And second, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for God first and others second. So if you want to be a member at River Life, then I want you to start rethinking membership. And I want you to start wrapping your head around these two ideas. Because when you do, this is when God invites you to something so much bigger than yourself. This is when you get to participate in the mission of God, not just your own agenda. This is when we prevent ourselves from becoming an inbred, ingrown church. And with these, with these ideas around membership, this is where you leave behind a stagnant, static faith. And this is where, this is where you embrace God's grand mission for this world for this church, and for you. And I hope you join us in that. Let me pray. God, we exist for your praise and your pleasure. And I hope that everything that we do brings you joy and makes you look good and brings you glory. God, you've created this, this institution called church to be your representatives, to be your family, to be united as one and to be growing in Christ. Lord, so help us understand what that means for us. Help us unlearn things we've learned about membership in the past. God, rewire our hearts and our brains and our souls in ways that only you can. Lord, I pray for each person here, Lord, that you could help them continue to grow closer to you, no matter where they are on their journey. 
and impress upon them, impress upon me a heart for other people. I pray against Satan, the evil one, and his desires to make us all about ourselves. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray against that in each one of our hearts. And I pray that that lie has no foothold here at River Life. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for this family, Lord. And I pray that, that through this series, we continue to grow closer to you, closer to one another, and closer to the world around us. We thank you, and I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, after every sermon here, I always like to give you a little bit of time to reflect on what you just heard. So open up your bulletins, and if you don't have a, a bulletin, we can get you one. Uh, Kong, here, hand me that one, and then if you didn't get one, go ahead and raise your hand, because there are a couple questions here that I, I want you to, to follow along with. And so you, if you, yeah, if you need a bulletin, Pastor Kong's going to go out and grab some uh, and bring those in. But there are two questions with a couple fill-in-the-blanks right here. Right, and we're just going to spend a couple minutes. You grab one of those pens in front of you. If you want to do this on your phone, go ahead. If not, grab one of those pens, and you're going to answer two questions here. First is what would you hope to get out of membership? Yeah, I, I, think, I think, yeah, Mark over there, and I think someone over here, maybe Alicia or something needs a bulletin. Or, yeah, so if you need a bulletin, just raise your hand. Um, so what would you hope to get out of being a member at River Life? Now, maybe this is your first time here, and you're visiting, and maybe you're a member of another church. Hey, that's, that's okay. Just play make-believe for right now. What would you hope to get out of being a member at church? And then what would you hope to contribute being a member at church? Two simple questions. So grab a pen. Take a couple minutes. I'm just going to take a minute or two and write some things down. Phrases, sentences, whatever comes to mind. Go ahead and write something. Let's engage that brain. What is something you would hope to get out of being a member? And what is something you would hope to contribute being a member? And those online, those watching at home, you can answer those questions. If you want to throw them up in the comments, go ahead. If you want to write them, just type them on your phone. You can do that. Grab a scratch paper around where you are, and you can write those. And again, those, those questions are, what would you hope to get out of being a member at River Life? And what would you hope to contribute to being a member at River Life? Okay? Go ahead and take another minute or so. I feel like I should be playing the Jeopardy theme at this point. At least one thing for each of those fill in the blanks. What do you think? And if you're not sure, ask God. You can ask the, whole, the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. That's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to illuminate things in our life.
do you have something at least for at least one thing on each of those? Think so? Okay. Now I've got one more question for you. This one's not on the page. Which of those was easier for you to answer? Which of those questions was easier for you? Was it easier for you to say what you would hope to get out of membership? Or was it easier for you to say what you would hope to contribute to membership? When I tested this question out with folks, most of them found it was a lot easier to come up with something that they would get out of membership. And they found it a lot harder to put something down where they would contribute to membership. So if that was you, it might mean you have a me-centered view of church membership. What came, and it doesn't mean you're bad, you're evil. It just meant that might be all you've experienced. It might be you've heard and received the message over and over again that church is about serving your needs. And so it's a lot easier to come up with some, a way that you can receive rather than something you could give. And maybe it was easier for you to write down something that you would give, give out, something you would contribute. If so, then please talk to me out in the lobby. I would love to talk. No, okay. But yeah, so th th this should tell you, what are those deep wirings in you about membership? And hopefully, over the next six weeks, we can all rewire ourselves a little bit. So I want to I close by telling you a little bit about my experience with membership. So if I had planted River Life about 10 years earlier and we weren't a part of the, the CMA, I probably wouldn't have membership. Okay, maybe 15 years earlier. Because you see, there was a time in my faith where I actually believed that membership was unbiblical. Because you don't find the word membership anywhere in the Bible. That was a very immature way to think about it. And so I, I, even when I thought about starting churches, I was like, okay, yeah, we're not going to have membership, man, because I've only seen membership done poorly. And it just seemed to reinforce, each church we went to, it just reinforced, man, why would I want to add membership? In fact, a little pastor confession here for you. When we first launched, I knew that we would have to add membership because that's an, a requirement for an alliance church. I was actually afraid it would make our church worse. Because that's all I've seen. And so I really struggled for a lot of years. And that's part of why, well, actually, pandemic's the biggest reason why we haven't had it already. But over the last five years, I've really allowed God to give me some new perspectives on membership. And now I'm to the point to, where I can say, I think we can pull this off. I think we, we maybe, hopefully, can actually create a system of membership that will make this church better, not worse. It will make you better, members of a family. And so, that's to say, if you've got some baggage around membership, if you've got some pain in your church history, if you've got some concerns, you're not alone because I was there for a long time. And if you'd like to talk about your concerns and your baggage, you want a, a nice ear to, to hear, I'd be glad to hear your stories. But know that there is hope, and I am very hopeful 
for what we're going to create in the next six weeks. I hope you are too. So with that, I'd like to invite the worship team up. We're going to close with a song. And during this song, um, we haven't had some anointing in a while. And so uh, I'm going to be down front with, with our anointing oil. And during this song, if you would like to be anointed, and this can be anointed for blessing. This can be anointed for healing. Maybe there's something that you're praying to God for healing for. Maybe there's a big decision and you would, you would like God to speak clearly to you as you enter into this decision. So I'm going to be down front, and I, I would be glad to anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you're making a commitment to see church differently, and you want to ratify that commitment with a, with a, a blessing on your forehead. I would be glad to do that as well.